Hello, thank you for joining us on Raising Me today. I'm Adrienne Stein, and I'm really glad you're here for this topic. It's one that can be uncomfortable for a lot of us to talk about. It's money. It is at the heart of just about everything we do or are able to do. Yet when it comes to talking about it or teaching our kids about money, a lot of us simply don't do it or try to avoid doing it. Or when we are having those teachable moments, we just, we worry we're doing or saying the wrong thing. It's a lot of insecurity. I mean, most of us aren't exactly experts in this, but it turns out that doesn't matter as much as you might think. So you can take some comfort in that, says our expert today. We're talking with Mary Dyer. She is a financial expert at the Finance Authority of Maine, and she actually runs the financial education program there. So we're going to work through some of our own discomfort and she's sharing three things that we can do to help build good habits for our kids and really ourselves too. So let's get started. All right. So Mary is here with us. And Mary, you're coming uh, to us today, not just as a, uh, a financial expert and educator, but you're coming to us today as a parent as well. You know how important the, this topic is. Absolutely. I have an 18-year-old who's graduating from high school this year and a 23-year-old who graduated from college last year. So we're sort of at that kind of, you know, adulthood phase where all of those early conversations about about money um, and all of those opportunities that we had to expose them to money and make mistakes and be successful, you know, it's really starting to pay off. Um, so absolutely, that parenting piece is huge. Why is it, and you've had so much experience with this, so challenging or can it be so challenging to have honest money conversations uh, with your spouse, with your child, even honestly with yourself too? So even, you know, in society today, the money topic is still relatively taboo in a lot of households, you know, whether it's religion, politics, money, nobody wants to share um, some of those those details at the dinner table. I think it comes from, you know, in our upbringing, we didn't necessarily grow up in households where money was an open topic. There's sometimes a lot of stigma and shame around talking about money if we don't have a lot of money. Perhaps as parents, you know, we don't feel like we're in the best shape or we're not an expert, you know, to be able to have those conversations. So I think there's a lot um, kind of packed in there as to why we don't want to talk about money with friends, with spouses, or certainly with our children. That's a pretty, pretty, he pretty heavy topic. It is heavy, and there's a lot of psychology behind it too. But we're talking about you know, getting ourselves financially well, and what that means when it comes to our kids. So, what does being financially well, maybe it's financially fit, what does that mean? And why is that so important? So in general, we think about financial wellness as, you know, having control over your day-to-day, month-to-month finances, um, being able to absorb a financial shock, have the capacity to sort of deal with those unexpected expenses, uh, you know, to really achieve whatever your life and financial goals are. And I think that that's the key to the definition of financial wellness, having the financial freedom to make the choices and decisions that allow you to have an, a happy and successful life or whatever that might mean for you. And that might not mean being a millionaire and having a ton of money. It might mean backpacking in Europe and 
living on a shoestring and being able to give back to your community and volunteer. Um, so I think for me, uh, the definition that's most critical is that whole freedom to choose, that having financial stability and being financially well gives us that chance to have the life that, that we dream of. And again, it's defined differently for all of us. So it's that freedom to choose, I think, is the best definition. Um, of course, the dollars and cents and the knowledge and all of that, that you know, financial knowledge is really important. But at the end of the day, it's about that, that financial freedom for, for your life. And so many of us strive for that. You had mentioned a really interesting statistic, which I thought was eye-opening. Half of Mainers don't have sufficient rainy day funds to cover three months of expenses. That's, you know, obviously that's sickness, job loss. Uh, maybe there's an economic downturn, something else. So when you're talking about three months, it, you know, that's, that's your mortgage or your rent. That is. Uh, your car payment, that's your insurance, that's groceries. What are some of the other expenses that sort of fall into that that we should be thinking about now? Sure. So planning for the unexpected, it's the things that you mentioned, you know, job loss, certainly during the pandemic, we saw a huge economic downturn and an impact for a lot of families. You know, obviously it can be unexpected expenses, you know, car repairs, certainly healthcare expenses. You know, perhaps you're experiencing job um, loss or a reduction of hours because of a health challenge or that sort of concern. Even health challenges for other family members as, you know, individuals are caring for aging parents. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that come at us unexpectedly. And being able to really weather that storm, that financial uh, rainy day is, is critically important. And when we're not in great shape when it comes to rainy day funds, causes a lot of anxiety. Uh, we know that finances are the number one cause of stress for most adults, um, and it really impacts their life, their work, their relationships. Um, and so having that rainy day money available, having that savings set aside really does uh, mitigate some of that. Of course, today we're seeing rising costs, you know, costs more to go to the grocery store and it costs more to fill your gas tank. So the better shape that individuals can be in to have that money set aside, um, you know, much better prepared they'll be able to be along the way. That's a lot of money to have sitting in the bank for, for so many people. So, you know, I guess before we get into the, the topic at hand, is there one place just to start to make that savings just grow a little bit, like just a bite-sized tip? Absolutely. So I think sometimes hearing that three to six months of expenses saved is overwhelming. It's overwhelming for me. It, you know, regardless of of you know where you're at in your financial wellness, it's it's intimidating. So I think to recognize that you can start small, it's never too late to start, that you can begin with a small savings goal, perhaps $250, maybe it's 500 maybe it's a thousand. Don't worry about the three months. You know, start small. Uh, ideally, you'll create a savings account that's separate from your debit card so that, you know, you're sort of putting money aside, but you don't have quick and easy access to it. It's also really helpful if you automate your savings, you have money coming out of your, you know, paycheck on a regular basis. And again, setting that aside in a place that's not quite so easy to access, but don't uh, become overwhelmed by that big number. Start with 
you know, $5 a week, $10 a week, whatever you can manage within, um, you know, the expenses that you currently have, and then build upon that over time. It's rewarding once you hit that $250, $500, $1,000 goal, and then you continue beyond that. Um, So start small um, and, and then you know, save big as, as time goes on. Of course, that's great advice, no matter your age. And for this conversation, we're really focused on how we should be speaking about money with our kids. Why, why should we be having these conversations with our kids, no matter their age, whether they are like you have the 18 and 23 year old, I have a four year old. There are many kids obviously in, in that, that different range. So, um, regardless of the time that you're starting it's just key to start. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's never too late. As I said, with savings, it's never too late to start having these conversations. The reality is your child, as they enter adulthood, like you, they are going to be making financial decisions every single day of their lives, sometimes multiple times a day. And so as much as you can arm them with that knowledge and information and where to find resources, Um, should they need help, they will be in a much better position. And the reality is, is in in all of the research and all that we know when when adults are are, are polled and they're asked about their money influencers, parents and caregivers and family members are the greatest influence when it comes to how we learn to manage our finances. And so whether you realize it or not, you're influencing them and you are an important influencer in that process. And I think the other thing that is important is that if we don't teach them and support them in learning, who will? Will it be social media? Will it be the internet? Will it be their peers and their neighbors and their, you know, coworkers? Those aren't always the best influences. And, you know, with the proliferation of social media, there's a lot of financial information on you know, social media and how to get rich quick and all of that. And that's not necessarily the place that we want our children to learn. They may or may not be learning about it in school. Some schools have very robust finance, you know, personal finance courses and content that they're offering to students and others don't. So you really don't want to leave it to chance and you don't want to set your child up for a situation that many adults are in where they just have to learn by trial and error. You know, they don't have that foundational knowledge at home, and then they learn as they get older through trial and error approach, which isn't the best way to learn. They're hard conversations, but the the point is just have the conversations, right? And it, it's funny, this is no judgment, because I think we all sort of have the, okay, how do we get started? But there was a study also that you provided uh, that three out of 10 parents would rather talk to their child about the birds and the bees than talk about money. And actually, I think that number is on the low side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. More parents would, you know, not necessarily more, but three out of 10 prefer that birds and the bees conversation. I think it's two out of 10 um, prefer to have the conversation around drugs and alcohol and substance use and all of that. I think that just goes to show how much anxiety we have around having these conversations. And I think it all tends to stem from, we don't feel like we are experts. And unless we're an expert and we know that we're making the best financial decisions for ourselves, then we feel hesitant. 
But the reality is you have a lot to share. You have a lot to offer no matter what you know, position you're in financially. That's that's an excellent segue into you have three pieces of advice for parents when it comes to this. And I, I think you just hit the nail on the head is that we're unsure that we're doing the right things. So how do you teach that then to somebody else? So what are your three places for parents to start? So first of all, before diving into the three, I just want to reassure parents that you don't have to be an expert. You're making financial decisions every single day. And by having an open conversation with your child, they will learn from you. And you don't have to be a finance guru. You don't have to be perfect with money. In some ways, learning through some of the mistakes that you made can be valuable. So just first of all, remember that. Don't have to be an expert. I think of the three tips, there's so much that 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 we can share. But I think the first thing for parents is to first be thinking about and examining your own attitude toward money. So this is before we get into tips with your child, things for yourself to begin thinking about and doing. Um, You know, think about your own money mindset. Think about what your money influencers are, some of the money memories that you have growing up and what has influenced you and your emotions. What we know is that Despite all of the knowledge that we can, um, you know, attain and you know that we teach people, our emotions and our our psychology is really what drives a lot of our financial decision making. So even though I know I'm supposed to save and set aside money, I emotionally, you know, don't always make the right decisions. And so, getting in touch with those emotions and recognizing your attitude and the money that you or the language that you use regarding money around your child is really important. Um, So starting there, what is your money mindset? And remembering that you're teaching your child about money, whether you intend to or not. So those that language in the household, the attitude, the emotions that you have, you're teaching them about money um, every single day, whether you truly intend to or not. So being more deliberate about that is important. As I said earlier, I think that sharing your money stories with your child, you know, perhaps you had some, um, you know, purchases that you made when you were younger or mistakes that you've made, that trial and error. Children learn really well through storytelling. And so sharing some of your stories, things that you've perhaps been successful with and mistakes that you've made are going to also leave an impression. So that's really my first money mindset. And, and kind of setting the stage there. The second thing is to, and we talked about this earlier, beginning the conversation, you know, just beginning to build an open dialogue about money with your child and within your household. Um, rather than making financial decisions internally, kind of think out loud, you know, share some of those decisions that you're making out loud um, with your child. Talk about why you're making that financial decision and and um, sort of what your thought process is. I think the other piece of advice in terms of conversation starters and discussion is the whole show and tell approach. Show them um, that process rather than just telling them. So the most basic you know, strategy of taking them shopping with you. Um, and I recognize if you have toddlers, this is an, can be an absolute nightmare. But if you have an older child, you know, middle school or beyond, 
and maybe even a little bit younger, taking them to the grocery store, using a cash only system and helping you know, them to understand out loud some of those decisions that you're making internally, those calculations that you're sort of internalizing. Um, and then the last thing related to the, the conversation piece, and this was something that I just fell very naturally into as a parent, but I know not all parents are comfortable with these conversations, but I was very candid about making sure my, under, my child understood what things cost. And for example, perhaps your, your son or daughter wants a new iPhone, you know, or, or a new device or some sort of electronics, video games. I think making it really clear to them how much that costs and how many hours you have to be at work in order to purchase that item, you know, and really being candid about, you know, how much, how much we have available to spend, what it takes to purchase that item. Um, when I'm in classrooms, I'm always struck by the fact that high school students in particular don't necessarily know what, you know, what the you know, average earnings are for main mainers or what their parents earn and what things cost in general, you know, a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, a dozen eggs. So I think as much as you can engage them in um, the reality of what things cost day to day, that can be very helpful. You mentioned not necessarily knowing what parents make. Should you be having that kind of, I mean, that's such a taboo thing to be talking about, should you have a conversation saying this is our household income? Yeah, I think that's a very personal decision, um, you know, from household to household. It was something that I was, um, you know, open about. And it, you know, we also shared, um, there's some wonderful resources for, uh, you know, middle school and high schoolers to get a sense of what earnings are for various careers in the state of Maine. Um, there's a wonderful web, a website, Career One Stop, where you can look up virtually any career in the state of Maine and find out what the median income is. So we have those open conversations when, you know, that the whole conversation around taxes, you know, this is what I earn, but this is what I have after, you know, taxes are deducted. We were open about it, but I acknowledge that that's a very personal decision that you make within a household. Not every family is going to feel comfortable about that, but I think making it relatable and understandable, it, it's hard to do that without knowing, you know, that the value of a dollar and what, what sort of that starting point is. So when I, when you say to a child, you know, a, a dozen eggs cost this much, or this vacation is going to cost this much, they have to relate it somehow. And without that working knowledge of how much do people make, whether it's you or in general, it's hard for them to relate. That's that's a great point. There, A story came to mind when we were talking about this and really appreciating, kids appreciating how much something costs that I have a, a now 15 year old. And I believe when she was turning 11, she wanted a new bike and had this one picked out that was like crazy expensive, knowing that you could get one for half the price and it would still get you where you need to go. Right. So for her birthday, she, we said, well, why don't you just tell everybody you're saving for a bike and then you can purchase the bike that you want. So she actually threw earning money and 
uh, gifts for her birthday, ended up having enough money for this bike. And do you know, she ended up going to the store and she could not spend that much money on the bike. Instead, finding one for a fraction of the cost. It was a great bike. But then she put her money toward that, knowing that she still had this big chunk of money left for herself or something else. So I think that's a wonderful example and a great strategy uh, to, and very common that when provided with the information and the tools to make a financial decision, very often they make a, a, you know, a, a great choice in terms of picking the really wonderful bike that was a lower cost, but much more affordable. So I think providing them with that hands-on um, experiential opportunity to actually have money um, and, and use it and make a decision is, is key. I think that even if your daughter had picked the more expensive bike and then brought it home and had some buyer's remorse, that would have been okay too, because there's a lesson in that uh, that's very valuable. So true. And so when it comes to teaching our kids about money, you also have three pieces of advice here. So so let's go through those. Yeah. So I think, again, back to the money mindset, I think it's such an important driver of our financial decisions that I, I think it's important to encourage your child to begin to think about money mindset. Uh, have them begin looking for money messages in their day-to-day life. They're everywhere. You know, you turn on the television, you're in social media, everything that we um, consume, we are bombarded by advertisements encouraging us to spend our money. And so encouraging them to think about those money messages that they're encountering on a daily basis is is important. Um, Encouraging them to think about how they feel when they receive money, they spend money, or they give money, getting getting in touch with the feelings and emotions that they have around that. How do they feel about spending, saving, giving, and, and what are those, those positive or negative emotions that come with that? And then the other important thing around money and, and emotions and all that, you know, um, psychology around it, I think to talk with them about the peer influence. And uh, that conversation that we that we have as adults of, um, as we say, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, helping your child understand that just because someone looks like they have a lot of money doesn't mean they necessarily have a lot of money. What they might have is a lot of debt um, and, and not be in the best position. So encouraging that dialogue around um you know, peer influences, money mindset, I think that's a good place to start. And storytelling is a, is a great strategy for that. Um, the other thing is, I think like you did with the bike um, story, you know, giving them an opportunity to use and spend money, whether it's through an allowance, if you have a teenager, you know, it's through their job, or if you have a younger child, um, we used a reward chart, uh, which I think can be a really great early tool with younger children. Um, So depending on their age, really giving them an opportunity to earn money or earn reward. Uh, You know, certainly that the allowance, you can, you know, set up a strategy for paying them for chores, you know, having an an expectation of what they can earn. Um, Again, once they're a teenager, encouraging them to work. But I think any opportunity where you can give them a chance to have access to some money, 
to perhaps set a savings goal. And even as I said earlier, maybe maybe overspend and, and make mistakes when it's safe, you know, to understand, you know, buyer's remorse or maybe understand that making a donation to a local cause really felt great for them and was a motivator. So I think anytime they can engage money is helpful. And then I think encouraging a lifelong mindset around savings and setting financial goals, uh, you know, introducing that concept to them of pay yourself first, you know, always setting aside money to pay yourself first so that you have money for um, those unexpected expenses or for those savings goals. Um, certainly creating a family savings uh, goal, you know, and, and perhaps using a save jar either as a family or with your child, having a savings jar set aside so that they can see money grow over time. Those are all really helpful strategies. And then no doubt taking them to your local financial institution, whether it's a bank or credit union, and setting up a savings account for them so that they can begin to see their money grow over time and, and feel that success and understand that paying themselves first is really, really important. So I think those are the top three with your child that, that I would recommend. Um, getting them you know, to be in touch with that money mindset, um, you know, certainly using an using that sort of experiential learning, giving them a chance to earn and spend money, and then encouraging savings. And I, and I think the takeaway also for parents is not to feel guilty if you have not started having these conversations, no matter what the age of the child, because whether they are three and four and five, or you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. 25. I mean, you know, no judgment. Um, the the key is just to start wherever the right place for you is. That's right. Absolutely. If if we were to pick one thing to do today to help us with our money mindset, our our financial wellness, what would that be? I think it's it's the point that you just brought up. More more important than anything is just to start now, regardless of where your child is at, and regardless of whether you've had these conversations before. Beginning to have that conversation and open up that dialogue, recognizing that you don't have to address all of this all at once. Um, you know, to start early if you can, but if your child is an adult that's a great time to begin that conversation as well, because they're going to be making lots of much bigger financial decisions. Um, I, I would say that's the number one thing, but the one, one point, you know, two is that money mindset piece. You know, I think for all of us and for our child to really get in touch with the emotions that we feel around our finances, because it is such a driver of the decisions that we make and the conversations that we have and how we feel about it really dictates whether we're willing to have that conversation as well. So they're so interconnected um, and I think really important. So that's my you know tip, tip for today. Starting small, starting today. Mary Dyer, thank you so much for the, the conversation. We do have a host of resources and tools that you will find on our website, wgme.com slash raising me. Have a great day. Okay, so to recap, let's repeat that really important part for parents. No guilt, none. 
it is okay, no matter where you are starting today, the most important thing is just to start. Get in touch with how money makes you feel, that money mindset that Mary kept talking about. It's really helping ourselves before or at least while we're helping to teach our kids. Thank you so much for being a part of Raising Me. I'm Adrienne Stein. This episode is edited by Megan Littlefield. Please take a moment to follow Raising Me wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, we really appreciate a positive rating and review as well so that other people can find this message. Wherever you are, I hope that you learn something new and get to take a little time for you.